0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Angelo McCorse. This podcast is brought to you by Bison Star Naturals. You can always have the Rockies at your fingertips with their sage pine lotion. All you need is just a touch and their silky smooth formula will go the distance. Today we have Christian Moore, a local celebrity who's on the acting circuit He's got 19 credits on the IMDb website and one of his most recent major motion pictures was Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and that's a cool appearance because the head star in that show was Tina Fey. So anyway I'm really happy to be bringing you Christian Moore. He's a really funny guy. He owns Leatherworks there at the John Dunn Shops Mm -hmm. and uh, he's a Really funny guy to talk to because he's into a variety of things and he has a lot of good insights about what it means to be an actor and all the major struggles as well as accomplishments that could come along with that kind of career path. I thought it was really interesting to know that we had some major Hollywood talent here in Taos. He also shared some big names with us and gave us some idea of what it's like to be an actor in Taos. He's really involved in theater. He likes to hunt. And all around just enjoys a good time. So anyway, here's Christian Moore. And oh, before I get on with the show, I have to put in a disclaimer that this show is the first show with some cussing in it and some bad words just because Christian has a fun character, so I couldn't help myself either. But anyway, I hope you all enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Angelo McCorse. It's a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico. It's about noontime, the sun's right above us, there's a little breeze going, and all that rain from last night is evaporating, so it's nice and humid out. I'm happy to have Christian Moore here, a local talent from Taos. He's uh, the only Taos community member I know that's starred in a major motion picture. I'll let him tell you all about that. But what's up? How you doing, Christian?
1: Doing good, Angelo. Good to be here. Sorry I'm so late. That's why it's noon we were supposed to meet at 10:30 but I'm not a
0: very good scheduler. <laughs> <laughs> hey man it happens I'm all about you know taking that time cuz if you rush things that's when stuff starts going wrong so yeah,
1: There's a difference between rushing and just like straight up forgetting about shit. But, <laughs> forget, this is a podcast can I
0: swear? Yeah sure okay. man I can definitely click that explicit content no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> cool no yeah well that's very humble of you to admit that you uh Just got up late and didn't make the 10.30 appointment, but that's no problem, man I I will admit I just recently
1: got a new bed (laughs) (laughs) And I've been exercising and the combination of those two makes for like long 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 sleep
0: That's right, man. Yeah on the way over you're uh, telling me that you uh, Picked up that racket and tennis racket and you're hitting the court pretty hard man. Uh, When do you go? Where do you go play?
1: Uh, Right now I play at the Southside Spa just because I have a membership there Um, I really love playing Quail Ridge They have such beautiful courts. I mean, Kurt's done such good work up there. And, uh, you know, actually I want to ask this question. Maybe it's a different podcast, but we have a tennis court in Kit Carson park. That's a total piece of shit. (laughs) Plants growing in it. There's no cup. Like who do you talk to to get the town
0: tennis court back up? So I guess my guess would be to go to the city council and, uh, start schmoozing at those community meetings. And, um, tell them that you know we already got a dog park on the south end of town that doubles as a frisbee golf course so why not we turn a tennis court right in the middle of town back into a tennis court there's a dog park on the south side of town so like yeah it's a frisbee uh um disc golf like
1: like near sagebrush
0: Yeah, exactly. You take that turn uh, right behind Sagebrush. uh, The one um, they just paved. The one they just paved. Okay, that's correct. You go back all the way um, to like uh, Camino del Medio, which is what you come out of. um, That's where it intersects. And then right before that intersection on your uh, right-hand side as you're heading west, there's like uh, – it used to be known as the ramps. People with dirt bikes and all kinds of stuff used to go there. But then there's like that big, weird climbing – wood climbing board or something exactly that's like i think uh um a ropes course or something that was put out there i don't remember by who but yeah exactly that's the same area and now they've turned that um little ramp area where people used to ride dirt bikes into a disc golf course as well as like a dog park that's what they call it now is it is it fenced like fully
1: fenced so dogs can run free and not get out
0: uh, what I've seen is it's, uh, they use the same trail that the disc golfers use, so everybody's got their pets on leashes. And, I mean, as long as uh, I'm not going to say don't take your pets off their leash, actually. <laughs> right. okay. So it's an on-leash dog park. Yeah, it's That's an on-leash dog cool. park. That's cool. That's cool. I'm just looking for the
1: off-leash dog park. We don't have one of those.
0: Oh well, wh- there is one man—the tennis courts that we're talking about, <laughs>
1: exactly. at the Kit Carson Park, dude. That's what my mom uses, dude.
0: She's or, like, "I found this great place. It's like a giant cage." Well, no, and I and I feel you, man. So, like, I remember I gr- when growing up, uh, you know, uh, elementary school, middle school, uh, I'd walk home from school, and uh, we'd always go by the park, and you know that back area that court tennis court area you were talking about used to be the basketball courts originally and then they put up tennis um um, nets and then uh, maybe it didn't get enough use or maybe it's just uh didn't have a great foundation laid for it so it started cracking and um that asphalt just went to crap or whatever but definitely it's uh funny that you mention um the condition of our parks because as i look on the news and see different um Stories, you know, especially in Albuquerque, they're cracking down and getting all their parks raided and, you know, really putting pressure on the um, city to improve their parks because apparently they'd been finding a lot of needles and homeless people. Oh, and sure, like, dude. You know, it's yeah. just the regular um, frequenters of, of, of a public space, which unfortunately are a lot of homeless or displaced people. Right. So,
1: well, I, got a, I got a buddy who lives down there in Albuquerque, and there's literally like 15 tennis courts across the street from his house that are public. Just public tennis courts. Anyone can go play tennis anytime they want.
0: I, I'm with you on that, man. I you think it's a great.
1: You know, you can't play tennis here anywhere unless you're paying money, <laughs> which is okay. I mean, I support the Quail Ridge, they do a great job. But again, like if I could just go out on Sunday and whack some balls with some friends at a free range in the park, that'd be awesome.
0: I like that too, because then there's no designated hours. You can do it on your own time. And then also, even more than that, Creating these public spaces for people to get out, get active, do something healthy, I think is really important. So definitely, maybe uh, next time I go to a city council meeting to promote the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast, uh, any of the and all the subjects we cover can be uh, brought to their attention. So maybe
1: I'll join you. I'll come with you.
0: Yeah, man, let's do it. Let's go uh...
1: like Bjorn Borg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. Jumpsuit, man. Jumpsuit with my. With my...
1: Red, white, and blue headband and my mullet.
0: Oh, <laughs> I wear that. Uh, have you have you seen that um, that uh, American flag um, onesie? The onesie American flag jumpsuit. I think that would go along. <laughs> no, but I, I want to. <laughs> All right. Well, super cool, man. So yeah, that's good to hear. You've been very active lately, and enjoying getting back on the court and you know slicing some of those serves like you were telling me earlier so also i wanted to um kind of shift gears a little bit and uh i know that you own a shop on john dunn Drip here which is like the main artery between bent street and the original taos plaza so uh why don't you tell us more about leatherworks and um how it came to be under your control and a little bit of the, the history about it
1: well i started working at leatherworks uh 14 years ago I was making coffee here in the John Dunn shops and I used to go bug the original owner about, can you order this for me? Can you show me how to do this? And yada, yada, yada. And I made really good coffee. So he'd always come to me for coffee. And (laughs) then uh, one day he came to me and he was like, "Uh, I need some help this 4th of July weekend. you want to come work for me? I was like, yeah, totally. And uh, I started sweeping floors for $5 an hour at (laughs) Leatherworks. (laughs) And now... Let's see. Let's fast forward <clears throat> about a year after that. I was really enjoying working there, really enjoying learning leather work. And, uh, but, you know, I'm an actor, too. So I was kind of feeling that pull. And I said, hey, you know, I really like working here, but I don't see a lot of forward momentum, upward you know, growth potential. So unless you want to sell me the store, I think I'll move back to Seattle. And he was like, all right. How about next year? What?
0: You <laughs> he just, what he's like ready to sell Straight
1: up like that, dude. Nice. Apparently he'd had it on the market before, but never found anyone he wanted to sell it to because he Ah. wanted to sort of keep the the vitality of it alive.
0: And what was the original owner's name? Joel Wood. Ah. Joel Seton Wood. And how long did he have the uh, Leatherworks shop on the John Dunn Plaza? He
1: copyrighted Leatherworks, which is spelled incorrectly, by the way. L-E-T-H-E-R-W-E-R-K-S. That's how it's spelled.
0: Hey, tell the viewers where it's at just real quick. Give us an address, too.
1: It's at 124 Bent Street, Suite B, Taos, New Mexico, 87571. <laughs> so he, he coined that that name in 1969 in California. That's where he started it. Ah. Then he moved out to here in like 1972 or something like that. Opened his first leather workshop here, which was, I think, over by like Cabot Plaza or something. Ah, Okay then he moved into this location i think in 76
0: Mm. well sheesh the john dunn plaza man that's a great location prime that's john
1: dunn's house we're literally in john dunn's house what yeah
0: whoa and for those of you who don't know the john dunn was a a historical uh, icon for the taos area because he the the John Dunn Bridge is actually named after him, which is um, just north of Taos, and you enter that through Arroyo Hondo, and you can get to the John Dunn Bridge. That's where the Black Rock Hot Springs are. Everybody's all about it, and then everybody goes down there to have fun on the um, Rio Grande.
1: And he used to have a hotel up there, and he would close the bridge, so travelers would have to stay at his hotel. Then they'd have to wake up in the morning and pay him to cross his bridge.
0: Oh man, he's he was
1: nefarious, dude. He was he was not a decent
0: fellow <laughs> <laughs> well you know not every uh, um historical figure has a uh an awesome past that everybody likes to you know rave about sometimes well, those historical figures are swindlers <laughs> well behaved
1: people rarely make history <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's so funny so super cool man so wow that's a very organic come up uh, on leatherworks for you and so now that we know um about your shop what did you change about it from during the time that he owned it Uh, well I've doubled the size for sure.
1: Nice. Um, and I still carry a lot of the same lines. Unfortunately, some of the things that we used to sell back when Joel had the shop and when I first took it over are no longer available. You know, people retire. It's all cottage industry stuff. I mostly work with, you know, single individuals or couples or people that have just a few employees. Um, Working out of their houses, working out of their little shops that they set up. It's, it's 95% American-made products. I bring in one product from Paraguay that I really like. And I know the guy from California whose family makes that stuff in Paraguay. So, you know, you, 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 just like you deal with, like, you know, f- family, friends and stuff. You know, these people decide to quit. They move on to something else. They decide it's not lucrative. They move. They move. And uh, so it's sort of an ever changing landscape of products. But but I really like, you know, I've got first name relationships with all of my vendors. You know, I don't call and say, may I speak to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? (laughs) You know.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Well, that's really cool to offer those kind of specialty products. And I know that as I walked into your shop, uh, right before we came out to record the interview, there was some people swinging on in there. And um, your, your worker actually was uh, lining somebody out, um, trying to figure out what kind of custom belt they're trying to put together. So, I mean, definitely, you're in a prime location. Seems like a lot of uh, people are frequenting the shop and the space is nice man how you've increased the space it's a beautiful spread and i also just love the smell of walking in and getting that leather smell you know it's like nothing like it you definitely know
1: i hear that probably 20 times a day and i don't i don't even smell it anymore which is sad
0: (laughs) it's like it makes me
1: sad to think about like people that make ice cream cones like waffle cones if they ever like stopped smelling that that's like one of my favorite smells in the world it's like oh someone's making waffle cones but the people that work there are like just smells like sugar and work.
0: Oh yeah. Well, cool. So now that um, folks know about Leatherworks and they know about um, your relationships with the customers, what kind of products that you have to offer? Uh, I want to know a little bit more about you, man, and uh, tell me about yourself. And I know your your one of your true passions lies in acting, and uh, I'd like to know more about that, man. How did that all start for you? When did you start acting? And um, let me know what kind of um, Where you get your acting in in Taos and all that?
1: Well, I was born in Casper, Wyoming, in 1976, (laughs) which is true actually. But uh, (laughs) yeah, dude, I've I've lived all over the West. I've been everywhere. This is the furthest east I've ever lived, actually.
0: What? Yeah. Wow. That's not. You're still in the West.
1: I know. I know. It's the east part of the West, though. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I found I discovered acting in high school. And um, decided I was going to be a hockey player. That was going to be my jam. I played hockey for like seven years, made my way up. I was getting really good. And then one year, my first year of middle school, uh, I got my first D. (laughs) And my mom was like, I'm not going to buy any hockey equipment until you get your grades up. And I was like, okay. And, you know, that's when you're, like, growing super fast. Oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't even fit my old elbow pad on my arm. <laughs> like, it was so tight. So, uh, I mean, there's more to it than that. Obviously, you got to register for hockey and whatever. But um, so I was like, all right, well, I'll just do schooling. And then uh, the guy who ran the theater department at my high school, which this is in Idaho, by the way, mm-hmm. said, came to my mom who worked at my high school, And said, can your son audition for my play? She was like, sure, I guess. I'll ask him. She's like, do you want to audition for a play? And I was like, well, if I'm not playing hockey, I guess I might as well give it a whirl. And uh, I landed the role of Puck in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Wow. Main role. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I was like, I love this. The show went off great. So from then on, I made acting a part of my lifestyle and just decided that's what I wanted to do with my life. So I went to... Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle, attended there from 94, graduated in 98 with my bachelor of fine arts degree, Um, really focused on stage acting, you know, being on the stage. Then I moved to LA thinking that they might want some good actors there because I'd seen some television <laughs> and some movies. Apparently they didn't. <laughs> so I had one agent, I think I booked like one IHOP commercial, it was the only thing I ever booked in LA. Um, and then, you know, just sort of was like, all right, I'll get back to the stage. So I wrote a play, a play that I'd written in college and produced actually, I decided to produce in Santa Monica. And we did that and that went over really well. And then I just decided it was time to get out of L.A. It's like it was too much. So I was looking around for places to go and and through a series of events, um, through visiting family members and family weeks of like rehab facilities and things like that. You know, I kind of realized that I had to sort of slow down my shit, too. So I found this place here in Taos called Vista Taos. And uh, I came to a 28-day program here, and then stayed for another, like, two months in uh, the little halfway house right around the corner here, Vista's house, Mm -hmm. and uh, during that time was when I got to meet all the people here on Bent Street and stuff like that, and uh, I met some theater people. I auditioned for a movie when I first moved here. Mm -hmm. Which is why, so I I was originally, everyone called me Chris. Hey, Chris, Chris Moore, it's Chris Moore. Mm -hmm. So then I moved here, and the first people I met were all at this, like, audition. And my actor's name is John Christian Moore. Mm. So people started calling me Christian, which is awesome. And I was like, yeah, let's use my full name. So Taos changed my name. So I became Christian Moore here. But um, anyway, so, you know, I went to this audition, and I met a buddy of mine, Mm -hmm. um, Who's from here? Who's been quite a successful actor, Aaron Shiver. Um, let's, and let's stop with Aaron Shiver real quick. Let these. Aaron, stop. Stop. So uh, that that audition was where I first met my friend Aaron Shiver, who who told me about the film world that was happening in Albuquerque. He was like, "Yeah, you should go get an agent down there." And I was like, "Well, I can't get an agent if I." Have a job because I'll lose my job if I drive down there for auditions all the time. And then it all came together and I was like, whoa, I buy Leatherworks, then I work for myself, <laughs> and then I can go to all the auditions I want to. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> That's literally yeah. the reason I bought that store. All right. Was so I could go to auditions. So I've had my agent in Albuquerque now for, God, eight years, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> she's great. Her name's Lynette, the O agency. That's O apostrophe agency. Um, She's been representing me since... 2000... Since (laughs) 2010? 2009? I don't know. God, I can't believe I've been here for so long. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And then that started happening, and uh, I had a... uh, I was on the board of a communal theater company here called Working Class Theater. We recently just shut the doors on that a couple years ago. Uh, We had a good run, but... Apparently people don't like live theater as much as they used to it mm. so we had a hard time finding audiences. And I sort of as a person decided that I didn't have the time to give to theater anymore. Mm. You know, it doesn't pay. Mm. It's free. It's free. Mm. It's pro bono every time. And As much as I loved it, it was like I have, I have way more things I got to do with my time. I got to travel. I got to work. I got to spend time, you know, try working on relationships. None of which worked out by the way. I'm still single by the way, if you want (laughs) to, all right up on IMDb is John Christian Moore. That's (laughs) J O N Christian with a K. Find my contact info.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right on dude. You hear that he's open. He's looking for company, but, uh, I'm really interested in hearing about um, how your career took off after you found your agent, because I understand that you've been in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and that's a huge motion picture and uh, definitely hit the box office. So, how did you get linked in with that? Because that's pretty amazing. They, there's some um, heavy hitters when it comes to the acting world who starred in that. So, how did that get arranged?
1: Well, the the way it works, it's all um, SAG affiliated, right? Screen Actors Guild. So. Um, People are always like, hey, I heard about this movie. You should go try out for it. That's not how it works. Here's (laughs) here's how it works. Uh, Breakdowns come in to my agent and to the casting directors. And the casting directors submit character profiles to the agents. The agents say, these are the people I represent that I think would be good for that part. The casting directors say... We would like to see these people. And then you get a call from your agent that says you have an audition at this time on this date. You don't get to choose what you audition for. You don't get to tell them, hey, I want to try out for this part. That's just it's all unionized, like super unionized. Hmm. And uh, so anyway, I got really lucky with that. So uh, my first audition that I ever booked was actually kind of a funny story because I went down did the audition? I was so nervous. Got a callback. This is for a casting director named Sherry Rhodes, who's no longer with us. Uh, she passed a couple years ago, but her assistant Kira's taken up the mantle and is still doing it. But um, I went to this callback, and uh, and then I was even more nervous at the callback. I was like, "Oh God, this is my first callback." And I was driving back to Taos from Albuquerque, like just like, "What am I doing? This is a horrible idea." I stopped at the top of the horseshoe, you know, where you come up out of the horseshoe and you're looking over the gorge bridge. And I pulled over to the rest stop there and I got my little notebook out and I got a pen and I was like composing an email that I was going to write to my agent later. Like, I made a horrible mistake. I should not be represented here. I'm going to quit. Yada, yada, yada. And I went home and probably like had most of a six pack and went to sleep. (laughs) Woke up the next day, forgot about the email I was going to send That day I got a phone call, and uh, it was my agent, and I was like, oh, hey, you know, thinking I was going to have another audition or something, and uh, they were like, so uh, you got the part in uh, the movie The Burrowers. Would you like to accept it? And I was like, what? You mean the one that I had the really shitty audition for, and then the shittier callback? He's like, yep, <laughs> you got the part. So <laughs> that's what I, and I was like, yes, a resounding yes, please. And uh, yeah, that was my first first role that I ever booked. And it was it was uh, just onward and upwards from there. So um, I got to know the casting directors, um, really great people. One of them is actually here from Taos. um, And she's she's really great because she's very supportive of like, you know, her local boys when they come in. There's a couple of us from here. Uh, Bruce McIntosh. I don't know if you know him. I don't know him. He he runs the meta theater and uh, he does really well. Um, Aaron Shriver, who I mentioned earlier, Johnny Long, good buddy of mine, and then another transplant to LA from here, Dylan Kennan, has gotten probably more work than all of us put together. That guy's he's crushing. He's doing really, really well. So there there's an amazing little uh assortment of of big hollywood actors from here in taos new mexico which is really funny
0: (laughs) yeah that's super amazing man like that's why I'm, i'm so happy to have you on the show because uh that's just again showcasing what kind of hidden gems we have here in our community that are right under our noses man and of course, you know, here in Taos, it's like a time capsule. Everybody's has their nose, grindstone working, so they're not really paying attention to each other very much. But when we do stop to smell the roses, we definitely find a lot of local talent. Yeah, and in the
1: interest of full disclosure, I've had like 30 auditions this year, and I haven't booked anything. <laughs> 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 and we're three-quarters of the way through the year, so I'm really hoping for a good fall-winter season in the film industry.
0: Nice, but I also like the story. It all comes back to just putting in that work, man, and making sure that you don't give up on your dreams because I like that first story you shared about how you thought you had the worst audition, yet you uh, come back, and <laughs> yeah. the next day you get a call. So. Totally, and the, the opposite happens all the time. I'm like, dude,
1: I crushed that audition. I totally got that part. <laughs> and then you don't hear anything, ever.
0: <laughs> so was it your um, agent from the O agency that got you... Uh, into uh, Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot, which is the most cool. recent major motion picture. Is that right. correct?
1: Yeah, that's the most recent major motion picture. I was also in the miniseries Waco about David Koresh. I played Jack Zimmerman, who was Paul Schneider's lawyer in that. But – um so, so th- your agent doesn't get you the part. That's the, that's the, oh, heart. Okay. they get you with the audition.
0: Okay. Got and you. in fact, you get the part
1: cause all they the- submit you for the audition. And then the casting director says, yes, we want to see this person. Oh, okay. And then you go in. All I can ever do is the best I can do. Right. Yeah. I go in, kill the audition and then hope. I mean, and, and the funny thing is like, I used to get, I used to beat myself up so hard for not getting cast. Like, Oh, I'm a shitty actor. I suck. I know I have training, but everyone else is so much better than me. So I finally like started talking to people and heard all these stories. They will literally change the ethnicity and genders of characters in the writer's room as they're working on the script as the auditions are happening. So there's a thousand things that happen after I audition that could affect whether or not I get the part. And when I do get a part it's kind of like a thousand fucking stars had to align <laughs> and like 25 <laughs> gods had to agree this is going to happen. It feels, it feels that impossible sometimes. So the fact that I've got 17 credits on IMDb for film and television, it feels pretty amazing.
0: Dude, that is great. That's an awesome track record. I mean, especially coming out of Taos and I think that's badass. And on that note, you, I just really love your passion about acting and your experience is amazing hearing about it. I was wondering if you might have any words for any aspiring actors or anybody out there who's uh, on the grind man because it sounds like you've got a lot of experience under your belt and from what I'm hearing from you right now, some pretty good stories about how to stay up and not be discouraged. Yeah, absolutely. The, The number one thing
1: is never ever quit or give up and never doubt yourself. Like go in, make your choices, do the best that you know you can do. And if you don't get a part, if someone tells you you did it wrong, uh, they're wrong. (laughs) You you know, you did you. And I have been doing this now. I started acting when I was 13, and I'll be 42 this October.
0: So almost
1: 30 years. Wow. Um, I have not seen the success that I was hoping I'd see by now. I haven't seen the money rolling in that I was hoping. I was going to be a baller driving my Lambo down Paseo. You know what I mean, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> happening, and that's okay. But I'm not giving up. And yeah. um, you know, uh, an, uh, an inspiring thing for me to do, and this is maybe just because I'm crazy, but I'll go through and look <laughs> at um, really you know famous actors that are coming up right now on IMDb and look down at their um, their filmography, and you'll see like Homeboy had a little part in a thing in 2007. And then had a little part in a thing in 2009 and Then maybe a little bit bigger part in 2010. And then all of a sudden, boom, 2012, he's got a recurring role in a TV series. And it can happen like that. But you can't ever give up. And uh, I've been off the stage now for three years. Um, I was on the stage for 25 years straight doing like four or five shows here in Taos a year since I moved here doing the shows in L.A., and then, of course, during college, doing, like, six to ten shows a year. Um, And I took a break from the stage to try and, like, you know, take some time to myself, get some money. But um, I think I'm going to be back on the stage next year, hopefully in February. Um, I'm not going to announce what the show is going to be or what's happening, but you'll know. (laughs) You'll know. It's going to be at the TCA for sure in February. So, all right. Um, yeah, you never give up. Just never ever give up. Don't let people tell you you're doing it wrong. It's kind of like it, it's kind of like if you're a musician and someone tells you they don't like your song. That doesn't mean your song sucks. That just means they don't like your song.
0: It's up to them. Great words for those young aspiring actors out there. I can definitely admire your drive and your passion to never give up, man. That's, you know, what builds character and keeps you strong and keeps you focused so that's great words of advice for anybody out there who's trying to make it happen now that we know about your passion your acting career what you've been involved in and i really appreciate you sharing the process of how you get linked into these communities uh, acting communities to be able to have the opportunity to make those auditions so that way you could get those callbacks and it's a really uh Interesting process because this is kind of the behind the scenes look that you don't get to hear about from any actors, or unless you have an actor friend who's always uh, out there grinding and telling you all about their accomplishments or their struggles, you know. So,
1: those are <laughs> <laughs> struggles.
0: All right, well, now that we have know about that, man, let's hear about you, man. And what I want to know is uh, White House, man. And I know that you had family visiting here and you had come to attend a program, but I know that there's more more to your choices about coming to Taos than just that.
1: Yeah, totally. I I grew up in small towns my whole life. You know, like I said, this is the furthest east I've ever lived. Um, I've lived in Nevada, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, Wyoming, California, just all over the west. Never did Montana. I'd like to do Montana someday, but never (laughs) did. But uh, so when I got back here after L.A., I was like, this feels right, you know. I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, having, like, a yard and dogs and you know being able to just walk out my backyard and go hiking Mm -hmm. you don't get that in LA you know you got to drive 25-35 minutes to Griffith Park to get on a trail that's set up you know I mean like that's a paved road pretty much up to the top of the mountain whereas I like scrambling and tripping and finding mushrooms and plants and stuff along the way
0: yeah that sounds really good man definitely you want that incorporated into the lifestyle just to be able to get up get going right outside your back door and hit those mountains yeah and
1: also traffic like let's face it there's no traffic here even (laughs) when there's traffic here there's no traffic here it takes me 12 minutes to get from my house to my job and i drive the whole time when i was living in la it took me an hour and a half to get from my apartment to work in traffic the whole time five lanes backed up, stopped merging accidents. I just hate that so much. So, you know, I I just had to admit to myself, I'm a small town boy and I'm back in a small town and I love it. And you know, you get community. There's those moments when you want to go to the grocery store and just like pick up some, you know, half and half for your coffee. You end up talking to like 10 people, and it takes you half an hour to buy fucking half and half <laughs> that you're like, and I'm annoying, but it's also, you know, it's really sweet because you don't get that in the city. You go by half and half and it's like this horrible, monotonous activity. You know, you might not even deal with an actual person selling it to you. You'll pay on the computer and stuff. <laughs> So it's nice to, it's nice to have a sense of community, you know, and I love the fact that, you know, one of my problems is being annoyed by people coming into my shop to say hi to me (laughs) when I'm trying to get stuff done. It's like, is Christian here? Yeah. It's like, Hey, it's good to see you. But at the end of the day, I go home and I'm like, that was really nice that a bunch of people came by to see me today. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't get my project done, but people like me and think about me. (laughs) So that's cool. (laughs)
0: Oh yeah, community Um, is great here in Taos. That's for sure. Um, And and it's
1: also like let's let's. uh, I don't know if your audience knows, but how you and I met was on an elk hunt. I was on an elk hunt with some of my buddies, Curtie and Stevie. Mm -hmm. And uh, Curtis is like, "Hey, I'm gonna bring my friend Angelo out from the Pueblo." And uh, he came out, and uh, it was like instant awesome. And so that's you don't get that, you know. Anywhere else but places like Taos. Like, literally, you're going to go drive back to the Pueblo to pick up a friend to bring him out to Elk Hunt. Like, who's nobody ever said that ever, <laughs> except for Curtis that one night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful for that trip, man, because we definitely made a great connection. And uh, in my experience, hunting is one of the most friendship-building sports, man. You definitely yes. have a lot of work, and it takes a, a lot of effort on everybody's part. Yeah. So all it's that for kind real, of...
1: real, too. I mean, you're using killing weapons you know like there's has to be that amount of safety and trust there's the whole like taking a life is never easy it's never simple or subtle so when you do it as a group it takes a little bit of the weight off everybody's shoulders to share it and then you get to enjoy the harvest for so long (laughs) like you know makes it all really well worth it
0: oh yeah who can argue with tenderloin steaks from an elk or you know (laughs) <laughs> going to get that ground elk that Curtis makes, you know, to make some tacos or, or burgers exact, for the, the grill. Italian sausage seasoning. <laughs> Dude, that man, Curtis Miller, shout out to Curtis Miller at Taos Pueblo. He's yeah. a good old farm boy who knows how to handle his meat. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he grinds it. He slices it. <laughs> he cures it. Yeah. He does it all, man. Makes jerky. It's great. That guy. That guy's really cool. we butchered many elk in his dining room.
1: <laughs>
0: many, many elk. <laughs> Super cool, man. And uh, also Steve Mosher's uh, was really involved in theater too. Why don't we give him a quick shout out? He is, and he's, he's a great actor. He does a lot of, uh, you know, he's the guy who's
1: willing to commit to theater projects that I'm not willing to, and I respect him greatly for that. He does the kids shows. Um, he works with the high school. You know, he's also a counselor and a therapist, so he works with a lot of these people's families as well. You know, and and it's just, it's really good around people that are like, up and coming and coming into themselves because he's got that like, therapist knowledge of like, hey, don't fuck this up. Try maybe the more here. Stick with theater, and you know, he's you know, it's always just good to have an awesome presence of a talented actor. Um, backstage with kids that are coming up and growing and learning. I'm totally conceited, <laughs> and I, like, I won't work with kids. It's so, it's so lame, but I just won't do it. I've
0: done it. <laughs> I won't do it again. <laughs> hey, man, I respect the fact that you're true to yourself and true yeah. to who you are. Like you said, you know, do you. Who cares? One of the, my favorite things uh, I've heard lately, it's from Gary Vaynerchuk. Shout out. I'm crushing it. Thanks to you. Started this podcast and all that. But he says, quoting him, He says people are going to be all around you watching you, what you're doing, and they're either going to support you and you can have that and let that be in your life or they can fuck off, plain and simple
1: exactly,
0: yeah don't start no
1: shit, won't be no shit That's simple,
0: and it's cool you know, because definitely um, that's what life is about, you just need to surround yourself with positivity, people who are supporting, uh, people who are looking to grow, so that way we can all grow together because that's really what it's about, and that's one of the founding values of the Taos Mountain Lifestyle Podcast, is for us to share our stories, grow together and learn about each other, and not only that, but we put this on a platform where every Everybody can learn about us and what we're doing and this is just a laid-back conversation right behind the Ruffin studio um fine jewelry gallery here at the artery between bench street and martyr street you know so yeah. super cool i really love it man and um on that back to the note of what you like to do in taos i'm glad you're a hunter you get out there you harvest some wild game from the montoso area that montoso unit super unit fun. fifty. unit 50 man
1: 50 cents
0: Oh yeah, it's always fun. That's a great area to go look. Plenty of huge elk herds out there, and um, if you're a shed hunter, you don't have to go in hunt- hunting season. You can go out there in early yeah, spring and go hike, find a Potts Mountain. Dude. Go find a bunch of those elk sheds, and when I say sheds, I'm talking about you know the um, antlers that the animals drop uh, during the season. Because as you know, they drop their horns every year and grow them back. And
1: man, fastest growing bone in any mammal
0: species is an elk antler. It's incredible how big those things are, and they drop them every year and grow them right back. Taller than me, taller than you. Yeah, dude. Huge. Yeah, especially those trophy, um, especially those trophy elk. That's for sure. So let's talk a little bit about in and around town, since we know what you like to do um, when you're not at work. Uh, I know you're right here on um, the John Dunn. Shops area. What do you like to eat while you're out and about or you're on a busy day? Do you go run around your shop to go find food? What, what's good, man? What's good in your area? I do. I get a. I get a couple places
1: deliver. Uh, La Cueva. Oh, solid. They always bring me food. And uh, Bella's has been crushing it with a special deal they just do for business owners. What? It's awesome, yeah. Like, they'll deliver... I can't tell you because you'll try and go to the restaurant and get it. And
0: they no, will, that's they cool. You heard that business owners just, only.
1: <laughs> just know that they're hooking up business owners with this <clears throat> the best damn food. Their stuff is
0: so good. Well, shout out to Bella's because I think that community, um, looking out for the community is really admirable and super awesome. So mm-hmm. if they're making it easy for our local business owners to get some food when they're during their busy work day, more power to them. Shout out to Bella's. Way to go. I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah. If I want a a hamburger, I'll usually go down to the alley, Mm -hmm. get the the mini burger, the blue cheese onion ring burger. It's a good one. Um, When it comes to chilies, I started out as a green chili man. Then I was a Christmas man, and I've turned into a red chili man
0: you know that you know that red chili is the fully mature chili so it must mean that your palate's maturing too it
1: probably is probably (laughs) i I aged with the chili and now i'm probably gonna turn into a human ristra here one of these days (laughs) (laughs) like a tan like a lobster cooks red
0: (laughs) nice so all right that's great to know about uh where you go during the lunch hour to go grab some food so where do you like to take your hot dates man the bowling alley, bro ah. gutters. <laughs> Seriously.
1: It's been so long since Taos has a bowling alley. Never since I've been here mm-hmm. and you grew up here, right? Yep. Exactly. Did you, do you remember when the Taosania was one?
0: No, man. I is was it too that young. Long I that? Okay. Yeah, I was too young for that.
1: Well, uh, Taos has a new bowling alley. It's called gutters, which is an awesome name. Um, opened by my friend Johnny Long and, uh, his partner, uh, Shelly Radigan. They have, the best food you've ever had a in a restaurant, but especially at a bowling alley. Nice. I got it. It's good. Yeah. The pizza is the bomb. They got like a brick oven. Um, Oh, that was the old house police chief who just walked by, by the way. (laughs) That's how I knew him. I was like, what up chief? Except I forget to not say that anymore. (laughs) Um, and, uh, like it's, it's definitely like the place to be for, it's definitely the, the place to go for social interaction. You know, um, We started some league nights. I never thought I'd say this, but I've been on two bowling league
0: teams.
1: (laughs) And it just brings – what it's done for the community is brought a a vitality and a a centralization of socialization that I think Taos has been missing for a long time. Mm -hmm. It's just up from the Taos Youth and Family Center, which was also great for Taos. But to have this place where people all come together to – do this really silly specific thing of throwing a ball down a piece of wood and knock some pins over (laughs) and everyone gets so excited and like just it's just it's truly like another community it's it's a it's a hub of the community at this point i think most i'm a good bowler so if i can impress the ladies i will
0: (laughs) Yeah, man, it's crazy. Uh, Taos has long been lacking a great space for people to gather and have some fun over games. I mean, like, when I was a young kid, I think that place used to be, like, Big Cheese right over there by the um, uh, where Domino's is at and the Albertsons um, Plaza, that whole area over there. Uh, yeah. Um, I just remember <clears throat> they used to have uh, pitchers of beer flowing. There's a huge arcade for the kids. and pe- Pizza's flying out of that um kitchen and i just as a kid remember that's where everybody went to go do their birthday or everybody got together for after little leagues or whatever you know what i mean and like ever since that place there really hasn't been a spot for people to gather so gutters is a breath of fresh air for taos man and it's so cool to hear that it's really having a significant impact in our community for bringing people together
1: yeah i remember there was there was a big bees pool hall for a minute by the laundromat. just yeah, the I of Smiths, And
0: it burned down, right? It burned
1: down, yeah. <clears throat> and it was almost like the Taos gods were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you will not have a gathering space. And I was like, all right, fine.
0: Yeah, I've said it before. The mountain either accepts you or it chews you up and spits you out.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and I think, you know, I hope that something like this will inspire, like we were talking about earlier. Like, maybe let's uh bring back the tennis courts at Fred Baca Park and then Kit Carson Park, you know. Oh. Bring back, there's a, there's a, basketball court on uh uh los cordobas down by where i live in ranchos that's been overgrown it looks like something right out of the walking dead you know and somebody recently came in and cut all the trees and bushes out of it but you know it's like what's going to take for the town to like put that thing back in working order you know let's get let's get kids out let's get families out you know doing physical activities and, and having fun you know i mean games are awesome I'm glad the softball fields and the baseball fields in the park are going well because that's a really great way to get a bunch of people together. I don't know if the spoons and the forks are still playing kickball, but that was really fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, man, I I'm, I'm with you there. We need a lot more um, activities, community activities that are family friendly, um, but also incorporate you know food, entertainment, um, re- refreshing beverages for the, all the adults, because right. a good mix of all that is what's going to create a successful business or a successful space where people gather.
1: Yeah, and I I think too on the on the level we were talking about earlier, going to the um, town council meetings and stuff, I feel like Taos is one of the only well-known and pretty developed uh, mountain town tourist destinations that doesn't have bike paths. And I'll tell you right now, I would not bike from my house to town for money. I don't (laughs) trust the drivers. I don't trust the roads. I mean, I've almost been hit in my car. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I think that that's a really important infrastructure thing that this little town needs is bike paths. Because then you're talking about bringing tourists in that can stay south of town, you know, in whatever hotels they're building and wherever Airbnbs and have a safe way for kids and families to travel into town without adding to traffic. Not necessary for parking. You're not paying for gas. And, um, you know, it's I'd also like to see some some walking streets. Like, you know, I've got a shop here on Bent Street. I'd still like to see Bent Street as a walking street.
0: Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm with you on that because, like, it's just we're saying creating that space so that way folks can come and gather, hang out. And um, it's a safe space where you don't have to worry about getting hit by a car, being run over. And I'm also with you about the bike path infrastructure and how it's lacking here because I know that all of you guys will see me around town flying on my bike. And... I have to ride in the middle of the road sometimes um, just it's to the, stay ahead of the traffic. Cause the there's no lane, place, dude. you know, the cause then they'll place. see us, yeah, cause exactly. then they'll see us and they'll yeah. actually, you know, acknowledge when we're turning or doing whatever. And I know that pisses people off. Trust me. I know. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's you only one the way to do it. There's only one way to do it. And that's just um, making sure that you get through safe and you're visible. So sorry if I'm in the middle of the road, but don't worry, I'll be pumping. I'm real fast. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> and also from a business point of view, if you get people to town,
1: and they're not, you know, within a three-minute walk to their car, they're going to stay in town. They're going to stay in town. They're going to check out the shops they might not have checked out. Like, I want to get back to the hotel and have, you know what I mean? It's like, they're like, we're away from the car. Let's just walk around. Let's check everything out. Let's get a snow cone over here. Let's get a coffee over there. Let's go check out this shop that I'd never go into if I didn't have time to kill. And, uh, I mean, I think that would benefit Taos greatly. Also, we're going to come into a problem, you know, hopefully – this is like a double-edged sword. I want this to be a problem, that there's too many people in town and everything bottlenecks down into this one-lane Paseo right here in the middle of town. Yep,
0: right in front of Taos and a Bench Street.
1: I'm a supporter of the one-lane, the one-way roads. I think we should have Paseo going one way here and Camino coming back one way here to keep traffic circling. Oh. It would make people see stuff that they might not see otherwise. Um, it would keep traffic flowing. And if we, you know, if this, if this, when this airport comes in, which I'm really hoping for, especially for winter business, we might see a lot more people coming, flying in. They don't have to come into Albuquerque and stop in Santa Fe and decide to not go north. You know what I mean? Or come into Albuquerque and decide to not go north. They could fly directly to Taos. We're probably talking about high dollar customers. We're probably talking about people that have second houses here. Bring them in, man. Let's you know. Let's show. Let's let's show them what Taos has and why they have a second house in Taos. Not that we're kowtowing or catering to the rich, but if they come here because they like it here, you know, let's have people that have something to offer them to make them want to spend more time here and more money here ideally
0: and i think that's really cool because if you do attract those people who have their second homes here and you know they do see that taos is making an effort to become a place where they might want to come and live full time that could also bring those people aren't rich just because they're rich they're rich because they worked hard i'm sure and they were able to use their wealth of knowledge to be able to you know get to taos and come here so if we can bring them here on a more regular basis they can see what we got going on in our town and they're more likely to contribute their efforts knowledge wealth to what we're doing in our small town rather than trying to come in and make it something different and change it
1: right and if they're smart enough to want to come to taos they're probably pretty smart let's let's respect them let's meet them as intellectual equals and be like you made a right decision too bro
0: well, think about it. I mean, it's a Taos Mountain lifestyle that you really—they're chasing. You know, they want to be in the fresh, clean air, around the clean water. They want to be able to go down to the river whenever they want. They want to be able to go yeah. up to the Blake and go skiing um, you during want to the wake winter. Up
1: and see deer in the yard. Like, <clears throat> that's what we have here. <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> exactly, man. That's what it's about—just that Taos Mountain lifestyle. And who can who can argue with it? Especially if you're getting out of the city where you make your money. You know, so. And I think an important thing to
1: to acknowledge um, for for a lot of the demographic of our tourists is uh, the, not just the socioeconomic, but the political disparity of the Taos locals and the people that come to visit. And I know, you know, my demographic is mostly Texans, Oklahomans, and Coloradans, right? Pretty conservative folks setting their ways. Um, and they come to a town that's really highly liberal and is vocal about it and not afraid to say something but these people still come because there's something here beyond that you know we 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 find common ground on a level of humanity that supersedes socioeconomic social or political or religious values and um that that's significant to Why the Taos Mountain lifestyle is such a draw. You know, we have so much more here than just shit that anyone can find in any town anywhere. It's it's heightened. It's special. It's better.
0: (laughs) Most definitely. And that's a common thing that people say when they get here is they just feel the energy of the area. And, I mean... There's a lot of um, geographic features that uh, are unique to Taos that set us apart from all these other small mountain towns that we're talking about, but I'll save that for the spirituality (laughs) podcast, because there's definitely some folks who are going to come on the show and drop some bombs and a lot of food for thought, and yeah, you may not agree with it, but the idea is to share everybody's story and what inspires them, so don't worry, we'll get to the whole spirituality of Taos soon, because there's, uh, as you know, there's a lot of it. Oh, yeah, dude. plenty it's, of woo woo it's, it's
1: kept me here for 14 years so <clears throat> something's working
0: right on it's nice to hear about your business leatherworks what you're up to in the shop and how it gave you the freedom to pursue your acting career and how you're fully dedicated to making it happen never giving up always putting that best foot forward and making the effort so that way you will get what you want and you know it's all about that hard work that's definitely another core value of the Taos Mountain lifestyle is everybody on? You know, interviewing, that's a common thread is everybody's just, you know, down for the work, which is really rare because, you know, we're growing up, uh, especially my generation, the millennials in a time when everything's already done for us. And um, in the age of information, it's so easy to just ask Google everything you need to know. And so um, we're kind of losing our work ethic about how to research, how to study, you know, how to put our hands um, on the ground and or get our feet on the ground and get going do that physical work so it's really cool to hear your story about how you're grinding every day and making it happen just before we uh head out i want to know um maybe s- highlight some of the accomplishments or challenges along the way and then also i'm going to see if you're open for um any feedback or um how, if people can get a hold of you uh yeah I'm,
1: I'm easily accessible uh you can call me at leatherworks 575 758 2778. Ask for Christian. Uh, you can check out my IMDb at John Christian Moore. That's J O N K R I S T I A N M O O R E. That's my SAG after name. Um, yeah, give me feedback. I don't care. I take direction well. I can let things roll off my
0: back. <laughs> He's looking for a lady. Ah, just kidding. No, I better not put that out there, you know. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I mean, Taos, I love you. Uh, don't chain your dogs. Um, shout-outs, shout-outs. Don't litter. Uh, shout-outs to the John Dunn shops. Uh, thanks, Polly Ray, for letting me have my store there for so long. Um, to Steve Moser. And Curtis Miller and Nola and <laughs> um out there on the Pueblo who always welcome us with open arms. Um, shout out to my employees and my staff at Leatherworks, Sarah Livingston, Tavis Wesley, Julia Day, Evelyn Martinez, and Tim Maez uh, for helping me uh, be able to do what I do. You guys keep it rocking when I'm gone auditioning or whatever I'm doing. Um, shout outs to Red Chili <laughs> let's, let's keep it coming and, uh, and Gutters of course For being yeah. a great place of inspiration And exercise Shout Shoutouts to the Taos Country Club I started golfing last year And that's pretty much saved my life And been my therapy So all the cats out there Rocking it Keeping a green golf course In the middle of a desert Seems impossible But they do it <laughs> And uh, the Alley For sure watering hole home away from home some days. Um, and Angelo McCorse, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Let's do it again sometime. Right on. I appreciate that. Shout out my man. All right, brother.
0: All right. Christian Moore, everybody go check out his IMDB. Um, go rent whiskey, tango, Foxtrot, get, see what Waco. he's doing. Watch Waco. He's the lawyer on that uh, series. And, yeah, man, I'm so stoked all of you guys are here. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be having some more guests coming at you. Um, up soon, we're going to have uh, Scripture, a.k.a. John Dow, of the oh, Vagrant nice. Heart Gallery. Awesome. He's a cool dude. He's a Taos local boy, you know, generational, and he's definitely giving uh, the next generation of artists in Taos the space um, to showcase all of their amazing talents, and I really like it because... He's got that unique style, which has got, like, Latino influence. You know, he's the one, as you drive around uh, Taos, you're going to see his pieces next to the um, Rio Pueblo, where he shows, like, a girl crying over dead fish and a bunch of trash in the river. You can cruise um, on Camino de la Placenta, or Placita, excuse me, and uh, (laughs) look at the... um, plaza from its backside and you can see his um virgin mary's with tatted tatted up with bandanas and just a really unique amazing style that he's got and uh, he's got some grand works in the vagrant art studios gallery so go check that out that's over on um paseo del canyon um, by the old pieces and um, definitely great person i know that you guys will be interested in hearing about so thanks again everybody peace out